Welcome to the show, Employment Law Show. John Scholes here along with Alex Luchaferro, a uh, employment lawyer, of course, with San Firu Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. You got questions about your employment rights here this morning. Uh, this is the show for you. Of course, we've been doing this for years. You've been terminated. You've been laid off, uh, wrongfully dismissed. Maybe harassed at work, experienced changes to your job, uh, human rights issues, COVID-19 questions, vaccine questions. Do I have to have one? Can they demand I get one? All those questions. We're ready to take them. And just a good old-fashioned severance question or employment law question is fine. When you ask questions here on the show, you're helping thousands of others as well. And email help at employmentlawyer.ca. We will get to today, COVID-19, workplace red flags. That is on the way since I did mention it. But first, Alex, my brother, you always start with a couple issues that uh, you've been dealing with the uh, the week that was or week in review. How are you, pal? I'm doing well, John. Great to be mm-hmm. great to be here. Great talking employment law, talking, as you mentioned, workplace rights, you know, COVID-19 still impacting pretty much every single workplace, yeah. uh, John, you know, whether it's severance or People are still on temporary layoffs or workplace safety is still a huge uh, issue. You know, you name it. If it has to do with your work, if it has to do with your job, with employment law, we cover it all here on this very show. So to get us all warmed up, get us started uh, this morning, as you said, uh, John, let's start off with a segment, uh, of course, we call The Week That Was. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an opportunity to talk about a couple of matters that came across my desk just this week, Uh, John. These are both hot off the press, as they say. Uh, actually, first situation involved a very nice woman that I, uh, I helped over the past couple of weeks, uh, John. And this is just an example of what an employment lawyer can do uh, when negotiating a severance package. This matter resolved just yesterday, uh, John, after only a couple of weeks of, of negotiation. Um, as I mentioned, very nice lady. I was uh, uh, assisting in her early 40s. She had been with the same company, John, for about eight years. So... You know, a fair, a, a decent amount of time. This is not a very short-term employee. Obviously, she was doing something right with the company if she was around for uh, right. eight years. Of course. Uh, and she was uh, let go uh, just about a month ago, so in uh, in late June, uh, I believe, or, or early uh, July. And she was offered about three months of pay. Um, now, the company, John, said, well, your contract of employment says that you get three months of pay, so that's what we're paying you. Uh, and she reached out to us and said, well, is this correct? I just want to make sure that everything's on the up and up here. Can my employer limit my severance package to three months? Because that, that's what's my, what my employment contract right. says. So I took a look at her, at her employment contract, uh, John, and lo and behold, like many employment contracts that we review, the termination language in that contract wasn't enforceable. I won't go into the weeds on the issue, uh, John, but termination language in an employment contract has to be very, very carefully worded, right. very, very carefully drafted. And a lot of companies get this kind of stuff wrong. I'll even go as far as saying a lot of em- uh, a lot of employment lawyers get these kind of contracts uh, wrong. So I took a look at her contract and told her, listen, good news, you're not limited to three months of pay based on your age, your position, and your years of service. You're probably looking at something closer to six to eight months uh, nice. of, of pay. So we engaged the company, we explained the situation, we explained their contract wasn't as enforceable as they thought it it was. The company had to concede that issue, uh, John, and lo and behold, we ended up increasing her severance offer to the tune of about $30,000 uh, in just a couple of weeks. 
that's the difference getting advice, speaking to an employment lawyer and having an employment lawyer negotiate a severance package. John, that's the difference that it can make, literally tens of thousands of dollars uh, of a difference. And it wasn't complicated. It wasn't contentious. Uh, it, took a f- it took a few weeks. This lady got a fair severance package, a significant improvement on her, on her offer, and off she goes, hopefully to a new job. Uh, quite quickly. So, uh, you know, the moral of the story here, again, is if you've been let go and you've received a severance offer, even if your employer is telling you this is what we owe you as per the terms of your contract, listen, make sure you get advice. Every situation is different. So you need to, you know, your situation specifically needs to be analyzed. Um, Not every situation is the same, but you got to get that advice before you sign. Don't sign off on a severance package without getting advice from an employment lawyer. Otherwise, uh, as we saw in this example, you could be leaving tens and tens of thousands of dollars. on. And I guess part of that story as well for both employees and employers, sophisticated or otherwise, is just don't simply go to Google and download an employment contract template and think that's legally binding because there could be tons of holes that you're going to poke through and it could end up costing uh, either side, employees or employers, tons of money. I mean, uh, money's missed or money's having owed if you're an employer because you've got a, a less than robust contract. So, again, word to the wise, always seek out your help and the, and the help of the firm if you're going to put one of those together. Draft an employee contract before you start hiring people too, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, I mean, you would hope, John, that most business owners are smart enough not to go on Google and and just download a a contract. We've seen that before, unfortunately. Uh But, you know, listen, even if you're a business owner and you had an employment contract drafted by a lawyer even just two years ago, uh, John, you should be getting advice because the law changes when it comes to employment contracts all the time. You, You need to get updated um, you know, to the minute advice on these contracts, a lot, a lot of contracts. I would say 90% plus of employment contracts out there at the moment are unenforceable. So certainly something you want to take care of as an employee. And as an aside to uh, to reach out to Alex, a member of his team, anytime, one 855 5900 and is the website. Uh, before we get into our topics for the day, it's got a few minutes before we break too, pal. Uh, issue number two, what else is going on with you? Yeah, this one is more of a more of a public service announcement, uh, John. Only because you know, over the past few weeks, we've been hearing, uh, you know, as as COVID has uh, the COVID restrictions have kind of lightened up over the course of the summer, and I know we might be you know headed into a fourth wave. Hopefully not, but uh, I've heard a lot of employees being recalled back to work, yeah. recalled back from a temporary layoff. You know, those employees in industries like you know the restaurant industry. And, uh, you know, the hotel industry, lots of employees, you know, those employees that really, really suffered because their businesses were shut down. Some of those employees are being called back to work and they're being called back to work, John, on significantly different terms of employment. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I had, you know, I spoke to a couple of guys who were full time employees, management level employees in the in the hotel industry. And they're being called back to work, which is great news, of course. But they're keep being called back to part-time hours. They're having to, you know, they're not going back to their old positions. They're having to do, you know, kind of general labor positions where previously they were management-level employees, and that's problematic, uh, John. It's problematic for the employers because that is what we call a constructive dismissal. A constructive dismissal is when an employer changes the terms of employment in a significant way. And of course, if you were a previously a full-time employee and now you're being forced to do part-time work, 
Or alternatively, if you were a management level employee and now you're being told to do kind of general labor work, that's a significant change to the terms of your employment. And you don't have to accept those terms. You as an employee can refuse that kind of change and say, no, I want to come back to the job that I left. You have every right to take that position with your employer. And if they don't recall you back to work, well, that is then a termination or, again, what's called a constructive dismissal, and that employee is owed severance. One last caveat, John, I want to I want to make yeah. there uh, is, listen, a temporary layoff in and of itself might be a constructive dismissal. It might be an out-and-out termination. So any employees out there, if you're currently being temporarily laid off, uh, even if your employer is trying to rely on COVID, don't just assume your employer can temporarily lay you off. Again, you need advice in a situation like that. A temporary layoff can very well be a termination of your employment, a constructive dismissal. So any kind of significant change to your employment, whether it's a layoff, a change of position, a change of pay, you should be acting on uh, that kind of action. Don't just accept it because your employer tells you it's okay. Let me ask you this, so just I'll get this in last minute before we uh, take our first break. For those being called back, and maybe in your example, going from managerial duties to just you know more of a general position, is it okay for them to, in writing, say to their employer, you know what, I know you're trying to get back on your feet, I want to start working again, but I, I, I need and I have to be put back to my original position if I'm going to carry on my employment with you in the future, but for now... I'll, uh, you know, I'll be a good soldier and muck in for a couple months. Can they do that and protect themselves? Yeah, it's an excellent point, uh, John. And I would say, yes, you can do that, but you need your employer to play ball, meaning mm -hmm. your employer has to respond and say, sure, I agree. You know, let's just do this for two or three weeks or, a f or for a month. If your, employer, if your employer responds in the negative and says, well, I'm sorry, I don't know how long this might last, or no, I'm sorry, I can't commit to some sort of very limited uh, uh, time, you know, it might be this for the indefinite future, again, that's a major problem. So, uh, you know, I have no problems with an employee taking one for the team, so to speak, for a very, very short-term limited basis. Listen, we all need to help out sometimes. Uh, in in the workplace, but it has to be very very limited in terms of yeah. timing, uh, John. And you need the employer's consent. If they are wishy washy, or if they can't commit to a very fixed period of time where you're helping them out in this different kind of way, I think you're running into more problems than you uh, you otherwise want. Take a short break. John Scholes here along with Alex Luciferro, managing partner here at Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP. You can contact the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. It's true. Anytime at employmentlawyer.ca. Back in a moment here, Employment Law Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Exactly. To Tarichi and his team confidentially, email help at employmentlawyer.ca and the number I gave up before the break. 1-855-821-5900 for more of a lengthy, chilled-out, relaxed conversation with Alex and his team. That is the number. Uh, you can also go to the website, employmentlawyer.ca. While you're there, lots of education. The uh, severance pay calculator through that and pocketemploymentlawyer.ca will get you there. And uh, you can reach out to Alex and his team that way as well. Employment rights is what you should know, whether you're an employee or employer. So, okay, COVID-19, workplace red flags. Let's get into this because it is oh so topical and has been for some time, Alex. And it looks like it ain't going any, anywhere anytime soon till everybody's back, either at work in some way, shape, or form, hybrid or otherwise. 
and it's a status quo. So we're, we're bringing this up because it's really important. Number one, your employer brought you back from a temporary layoff and your position has changed. We talked about this in the first segment. Give me some more details on it. Yeah, that's absolutely uh, correct, John. I mean, the first thing I'll say is, you know, listen, we've been preaching since the start of COVID since last year. Employment law hasn't really changed despite COVID. The fundamental rules of the game, the basic rights and obligations on both sides of the ledger here when it comes to an employment relationship, those rules, those basic rules haven't changed. But there are, we've seen now, there are some patterns and there are some behaviors that are happening in the workplace and we want to raise those, we want to point those out because they can certainly cause problems for employers and problems as well for employees. And as you just mentioned, like we were talking about at the top of the show, John, mm-hmm. coming back from a temporary layoff. And again, I'll insert the caveat here. I don't want to assume, I don't want anybody out there actually to assume that temporary layoffs are always legitimate. Uh, temporary layoffs are not necessarily allowed in the workplace. You, you as an employee have to agree to the layoff, and you can a lot of times contest the layoff. So that's kind of point number one. But point number two is, listen, if you have no choice but to be temporarily whatever the reason ultimately is, when you're going back to work, when you're called back to work, you should be going back to work on the same exact terms you left. A couple of points we talked about at the top of the show were, well, listen, if you were a full-time employee when you were laid off initially, well, then you should be going back to that full-time work. That's just one example, John. It could be a number of different things. Your position might be changing. Your pay might be changing. And all of those are red flags because your employer is not allowed to make those kinds of changes to the terms of your employment even when you're coming back from a temporary layoff another that one that we've seen that's just wild but yet again another example of these kinds of situations we've seen an employee come back from a temporary layoff and they're given a new employment contract john that has a ton of new terms of employment even something like a probationary period <laughs> That should be a massive red flag. I mean, it's obvious, John, but I can tell you, employees yeah. feel the pressure in these kinds of situations to just accept these changes. Right. To just sign yeah. off on whatever contract they're being presented or to accept part-time work or to accept a position change. As an employee, you shouldn't feel that pressure. You have to say to your employer, hold on a sec. I don't agree to this. You know, I need some time to think about this. Just buy yourself some time. If your employer is pressuring you to accept a big change to the terms of your employment. Just buy yourself some time. Say, I need to think about this a sec and give us a call. Speak with an employment lawyer. Listen, if you don't like us, speak to any employment lawyer, but you need advice in a situation like that. We can guide you and tell you what to say and how to respond. And the response is likely going to be very professional, very polite, but a respectful, no, I'm sorry, employer. I'm not accepting this kind of change. I want to go back to the terms of that should be employee's position in the circumstances. Andrea, thank you so much for uh, for standing by for a moment. How are you? Uh, uh, yes. So I have a, a question. Um, so if you're employed um, in a position, and um, my position, um, it's uh, it's it's a coordinate it's coordinator. So the name is a coordinator, and then your employees are coming on getting the same work. They're having the same work in the same job. We're doing the same work. I myself am doing more than they have. I've been with the company um, upward of five years. 
and they're coming on getting a new title as a specialist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, Andrew, is, is your question, is that is that allowed or is that legal? Is that allowed? Sure, fair, fair because, enough. Because uh, my thing is, the new name, um, uh, you would get it more money. I see. See, so and 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 so that is that is the crux of the issue, Andrea. Because listen, what I can tell you am is, I, am I live on the air? I'm not live. Yes, you are. You are. Yes, you yes, are, you are, Andrea. Yeah. Okay. I'd rather That's it okay. not be. That's well, okay. it's good. To, you know, Alex, I'll answer your question quickly, Andrea. If you want to carry on from there, you can have a conversation after the show. But yeah, this this number is, of course, reserved for. Uh, for on-air banter, so Alex, you want to uh, you want to continue to answer that one quickly? We'll uh, we'll get Andrea absolutely. going. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, Andrea, don't don't worry about it. You obviously haven't mentioned any names. You haven't mentioned mm-hmm. your your employer, so so uh, no need to worry there. Certainly, if you're uncomfortable, you can you know you can okay. just uh, listen to my answer, and and uh, if need be, we can have a conversation off here. So no, no sounds good. Worry. Listen, the, 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 the long and the short of it is an employer is allowed to have, let's say, different titles, even if, if the work is approximately the same. There's nothing inherently wrong with you know, calling one employee a specialist and calling the other employee a coordinator. Oftentimes, these are just, you know, they're just titles. At the end of the day, if the work is the same, uh, then that's not really an actionable item. There's nothing legally to pursue there because there's no fundamental or substantial difference. It's basically, you know, a label. Uh, and, and there's just not much substance to that. And so I, I don't think that's something that would be contentious or worth pursuing. Where perhaps my advice might change, Andrea, is if you are doing the same work, if not more work, than these other individuals, and they are being paid more, that to me is a problem. And I'd like to know the reason why they are paid more. If it is simply because their title is different, to me that's a problem. Uh, Because if the work is the same, uh, and if you are doing more work perhaps than them, as I think you you mentioned, then there is a fundamental unfairness there if, if those individuals are being paid more. And quite frankly, I'd like to know why. Uh, and that is a conversation I think that is worth having mm-hmm. with uh, uh, your employer. There is certain legislation uh, in Ontario, I will speak to only, I'm not sure about the other provinces, but in Ontario specifically, there is such a thing as kind of, you know, equal pay for equal work. And so, th- you know, if you're being paid differently, I would say that's a problem. If it's only the labels, so to speak, if it's only the position, the names of the positions that are different, uh, Andrea, I don't think that there's anything that we can do about that. So if it is a question of pay, Andrea, what I would suggest you do, listen, let's let's leave it there for now. Let's have a conversation uh, uh, off air. I'd obviously like to know more about the specific details of your uh, situation and why you might think these people are being paid uh, differently. And hopefully we can assist you and hopefully, uh, you, you know, yeah, you can open up a conversation with your employer to resolve that issue. Andrea, appreciate your time, and I know you want to have more of a uh, off-air conversation. No problem. Here's how you do it: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Amanda, thanks for standing by. How are you? Hi there. I'm. I am curious as if my employer can hold me to the minimum statutory severance 
um, that I signed on my employment contract? Excellent question, Amanda. We were actually touching on this uh, right at the at the top of the show. Uh, the short answer is, well, it depends on the exact wording of the contract. So what you'd need to do, uh, Andrea, and actually I'd be happy to do this uh, for you. It would take me no more than two minutes to probably have a look at your contract and let you know whether it actually does effectively limit your severance entitlement or not. Okay. What I can tell you, generally speaking, is, uh, and again, I was mentioning this earlier on in, in the show, the law uh, with respect to these termination paragraphs in an employment contract, the law changes on a very regular basis. As recently as last year, there was a court of appeal decision in Ontario that rendered a lot of these termination provisions unenforceable. And so if your contract, Andrea, is let's say more than a year or so old, I would actually bet that it's likely unenforceable. Now, I don't know, obviously, because I haven't looked at it, but odds are it would be unenforceable if it's any more than you know, a year or even a couple of years old, the devil's always going to be in the detail. So that the answer is literally the a year is, old. It's, it's literally a year old. Interesting. So it's it'll be on the <laughs> fence then, uh, Andrew. What I would what I would suggest is listen. Contact us off air. John will give you the contact information. You can mention that you spoke to me uh, on air. I'd be happy to help you out in a situation okay. like this. If you've been let go, or if you're just curious about your employment contract, super extremely important that you make sure you know whether it's enforceable or not. It can make a huge, huge difference in your severance entitlement. Yeah, I'm thinking that he's either going to let me go or I've got to try to pursue a constructive dismissal because it's really bad. So mm. I'm trying to find out what my options are before I pull the plug on anything. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And it certainly sounds like you need advice in a situation like that. So happy to have a chat off air, Andrew. Okay. Thanks, Thanks, Amanda. Appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And to reach out, uh, no problem. Here's how you do it if you don't know already. It is 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. It is just that simple. Give us a call and trust and listen to the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada, San Fierro to Mark and LLP. And uh, simply go to help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. We'll continue Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. And welcome back. And if you're sticking with us, uh, good to have you still along for the remainder of the ride. John Scholes here, Alex Lucifero, Managing Partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP. Of course, a uh, employment lawyer doing the show here in Ottawa and everywhere else. You want to reach out to Alex, uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca anytime. If you want to have a private conversation, get more information, one 855 821-5900, you got to reach out, get the compensation you deserve. Don't sit back in your laurels and assume that whatever severance package or temporary layoff or whatever other question that your employer's thrown at you or told you what you need to do is status quo and correct. Reach out to Alex just for a conversation and might pull the curtain back and realize, you know what, I'm glad I didn't let this one lie because I would have been out uh, some benefits for sure and some uh, some rights. Okay, COVID-19 workplace red flags. Number two. Alex exists. Your employer, this one's a big one, your employer is not letting you into work because you're not vaccinated. Where do we stand on that one? Yeah, a big one indeed, uh, John. This is a hot-button topic. It's uh, been in the news for you know several months now since the, co- since the vaccine rollout. And I-, I have to say, over the past week or two, uh, we've been getting more and more questions from employees 
who are saying that their employers are taking the position that unless they are vaccinated, those employees are not allowed to come into the workplace. Now, listen, if you're working from home uh, and you work you know, in an office and you can otherwise do your job, mm-hmm. that's not really a huge deal, right? You're not out any money. You can work from home and you know, so, so be it. But if you work in a, you know, for a manufacturer or if you, you know, work as, let's say, a high school teacher uh, in, you know, even whether it's a private or public setting, this whole business of whether an employee is vaccinated or not is starting to cause problems in the workplace because employers are feeling pretty emboldened to take that position. They're saying, no, 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 we don't want you here if you're not vaccinated. And I think that's a problem. Uh, John. Now, I say I think because this is a completely new and novel area of the law. There are no cases here that have been previously decided. Uh, You know, this is brand spanking new stuff. But again, we go back to the fundamentals of employment law. If your employer is refusing to allow you to come to work and therefore refusing uh, your ability to work and therefore refusing your ability to earn an income, that's potentially, and I would say likely, a problem, uh, John. Let's take manufacturing as an example. If you're employ, if you work in some sort of plant, producing, a, you know, creating a product, uh, and your employer has had you at work this entire time, and of course you've been masking, you've been physical distancing, you've taken all, you know, you've been cleaning the equipment every, you know, every hour on the hour. Sure. If you've taken all of those steps during the pandemic and you've been working and earning an income and all of a sudden out of nowhere, your employer is telling you, you know what, if you're not vaccinated, stay home, you can't work. Take a medical leave of absence or take some sort of leave of absence. That's a constructive dismissal. Uh, uh, John, your your employer has changed the terms of employment because before you were allowed to be at work and allowed to mask and allowed to physical distance while still earning an income, and now you can't any longer. I would say that's a pretty darn blatant constructive dismissal. And so that is a huge problem. Employers can't just impose this kind of mandatory vaccination rule out of nowhere, where previously those employees were allowed to be unvaccinated working uh, in the workplace. So it's a very, it's a cautionary tale Mm -hmm. for employers. Uh, Don't think you can just impose a mandatory vaccination plan in your, in your workplace. You can't. Uh, And it's a, and it's a lesson for employees as well. Uh, If your employer is doing something like this to you, or again, I'll, I'll say it more generally, if your employer is changing the terms of your employment in any particular way, you need to get advice. You need to do something right away because if you accept that kind of change, you might be relinquishing your right as an employee to refuse a significant change to the terms of your employment. I think we're going to see a lot more of this, John. Uh, as we go through the next uh, couple of months, I'm surprised employers are taking this kind of position that they're mandating uh, employees be vaccinated in the workplace. Well, I think a lot of it's going to be, uh, as you mentioned, it's it's uh, for the next foreseeable future, there will be a ton of that coming to uh, coming to the fore. But I think so much of it, Alex, you agree, would probably be vocation specific, meaning that if you're in the medical field, ambulance driver, so on and so forth, there is already some 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 legal uh, framework to have certain vaccines already and be vaccinated. So I think in that regard, I think some of that will change. And I think to your point, a lot of employers will try to get on top of this, even if it's not legally challenged yet. I think it's going to change. The legislation will change. But uh, 
to your point, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a bumpy ride for the next few years anyway. But we're talking about uh, COVID workplace red flags, and you mentioned this off the top that if the you know, your employee uh, employer won't hire you back for the for those reasons, uh, another one red flag is this. To your point, your employer is not following COVID nineteen health and safety measures. That's on the other side now. Yeah, exactly. A- another huge red flag, and and you know something that unfortunately, John, we're seeing on a pretty regular basis, which is you know employers are. And I think this is, you know, probably related to COVID fatigue or, yeah. or just becoming kind of very comfortable in the in the current status quo. Employers are becoming quite lax when it comes to health and safety in the workplace, uh, uh, John. And they're, you know, being lax with the masking in the workplace, and they're, they're being lax uh, lax with the physical distancing. And I've spoken to a number of employees who are, you know, concerned about this kind of stuff. And fair enough, they should be. Uh, concerned, uh, John, and this is where the law is actually quite protective of employees. Uh, you have the right as an employee to demand that you work in a safe and healthy work environment. Uh, you don't have to go along with your employer breaking the rules with respect to health and safety. Listen, whether that's with respect to COVID uh, or with respect to other, any other health and safety legislation, whether you're working on a construction site or in a manufacturing plant, uh, you know, health and safety should be the primary goal here because you don't want a workplace accident. You don't want a workplace injury. If, as an employee, you have concerns uh, about, again, the COVID health and safety uh, protocols, the masking, et cetera, or any other concerns with when it comes to health and safety, do not be shy as an employee to voice those concerns. Your first step should be to go to your employer whether that's your direct boss or whether that's HR or whether you have a you know health and safety coordinator in the, in the workplace, you should be going to that person and raising your concerns and raising your questions. Your employer has a positive obligation under the Occupational Health and Safety Act to investigate your concerns, to look into the issue and to resolve the issue. If your employer is not listening to you, uh, John, and we see this lots uh, uh, again, you should be contacting the Ministry of Labor. Yeah. Uh, the Ministry of Labor will then uh, send somebody to investigate uh, and take that next step. If you feel like the situation is dangerous or urgent, you have a right to refuse work. You don't have to accept work that's unhealthy or unsafe. Short break. Back to your calls. Mike, Carl, fellas, stand by. We're going to get to you after that break on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. They are the most positively reviewed employment law firm coast to coast to coast. You can reach out Sam Firu to Mark and, and Alex Luchafero, the uh, co-host of the show this morning at one 821 5900 Anything under the employment law banner you need to know or have always wondered, call them confidentially. At that number, reach out through email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to mention as well, I think I've only done it once so far, but it's really important, a free and absolutely anonymous website built just for you to educate you about employment law and your rights and compensation you may be deserved, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Go there, check it out, do some reading. Also wrapped up into that is that severance pay calculator that has been around for years and helped hundreds of thousands of people figure out exactly, wow, I'm owed that much legally? That's nice. And there's also reach out and contact from there as well. But the calls, always priority. Mikey, thank you for hanging on for a couple moments through that break. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay, thanks. Beauty, what's on your mind? Yeah, I'm a in-house uh, security guard for a residential building. 
and uh, been working there for about two or three years now. And thusly, uh, I've had uh, three situations where I had to call in sick, and I was told, "Well, you you got to pay the person that's got that's going to relieve you." Um, at the beginning of each month, I do fill out a, like a timesheet. Hello. Yep. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm with you, Mike. I'm, I'm yeah, with you. So my, my and uh, I did it a couple of times because I felt that okay, they, I it'll, <clears throat> I only gave them a few hours notice, so I felt kind of bad. But uh, the last time was my uh, uncle passed away, and I said no, I'm not coming in. I, I got the rights because so on and so forth. And when I came back in, I found a note on my desk saying, "I relieved you. When are you going to pay me?" And it went as far as the manager of the building calling me in and saying, well, you got to pay him. And I'm saying, I don't. And they're saying, you do. So I kind of explained it to him, well, it really doesn't make sense because my entire, my entire month of income is added on and added on and added on for the taxes. So why do I have to pay him full? That's mm-hmm. why is that. Go ahead. Yeah, fair fair question, Mike. Are you being treated as a as a contractor, or are you being treated as an employee? Do you know? I believe it's an employee. Listen, if if you are an employee, and I suspect you are an employee, yeah. that is that is absolute nonsense, Mike. You shouldn't be paying for your replacement as as an employee. It's up to the employer to deal with that and to find the replacement uh, if you're if you're calling in sick and unable uh, to work, and to pay that other employee. I can see in a situation where if this is truly what we call an independent contractor relationship. So let's say, you know, you provide security not only to to this building but to a number of other buildings and you have your own company and you are, you know, having to replace yourself with a subcontractor. I can see potentially in a situation like that how they can tell you that you have to pay that other person. But yeah. if this is an employment relationship, Mike, no, you shouldn't be paying for your replacement. The uh, you know any other employee that's working uh, should be paid by the employer. I think that's very clear. So what can I say to them if they demand that I pay them? Because right now uh, I ended up in the hospital last this weekend. Yeah, pinched nerve, I think- and I can't, and I just can't do my shift in the entire week. And I already did my time sheet. And what can I say to them? Like, because they're so insistent. No, you got to pay us. You got to pay us. Yeah, I, I think you should just be listen. Be be civil. Be polite. But I think you should just take draw a very clear line in the sand to say, listen, as an employee, I'm not responsible to pay other employees. So, and and you know, you can even add some, you know, add on to that and say, I, I can't even afford to pay these other employees. So I, I'm not I'm not paying. Uh, and leave it at that. If they terminate you, you know, if they if they say, okay, well, don't come back then. Uh, then you've got a claim for severance, uh, Mike. As an alternative, you might want to even give the Ministry of Labor a call because this is potentially kind of a wages uh, issue, and the Ministry of Labor might investigate and simply say, no, you, you know, the, the employer has to pay that other employee. So right. the Ministry of Labor might, you know, listen, the Ministry of Labor is not good when it comes to severance. It's not, it, it's not the right place to call for a number of different things. Uh, yeah, yeah. But in a situation like this, when we're talking about kind of who's paying wages here, they might, you know, they might be of assistance to you. So under no circumstances am I, Dubai, am I liable to pay that? Listen, not not from what I'm hearing. I mean, we've obviously only been chatting for about a minute or so, but yeah, but yeah. I, I think that's a reasonable first position to take, Mike. If your employer keeps giving you a hard time, what I'd say is, listen, give us a call. Let's have a chat off air. Let's get into the nitty gritty of the situation. If you have any employment contracts or if you have any documents that. Uh, that are relevant, we'd want to review those. 
But listen, from what I'm hearing, if this is an employment relationship, you know, employees are not responsible for paying uh, for paying for their replacements. That's nonsense. Thanks for the call, Mikey. Moving down to uh, Carl. Carl, you got last call in a couple minutes here. Uh, what's going on, pal? Hi. Um, I enjoy your show. I listen to it quite often. Excellent. Uh, I'm an employer uh, with uh, several locations, and I'm concerned about your advice uh, about asking for proof of vaccination and my legal requirement to provide a safe working environment for the rest of my employees. How do I know I'm providing a safe employment uh, situation for the remainder of my employees without having the ability to verify who's vaccinated and who is not vaccinated? Mm. It's a it's a fair question, but it's a problematic question because, I mean, number one, you're effectively requesting for medical information when you're asking about an employee's vaccination status. And there are some privacy concerns uh, there that employees can legitimately have in in providing that information. So it's a it's a delicate one. I would say the answer is, you know, currently our government is uh, requiring employees, requiring individuals for that matter, to be masked and to practice social distancing when in indoor environments. And that is the obligation on the part of employers to make sure that those masking, uh, uh, those masking protocols are in place and to make sure the social distancing continues to be in place. But that's where the buck should end with employers. I think if employers start going beyond that and demanding that employees be vaccinated in the workplace, at least at this point in time. And to actually a, a fair point that John made previously, listen, if the legislation changes, if our government all of a sudden introduces, you know, as been as we've heard in the news in other provinces, introduces vaccine passports and, and starts introducing requirements for employees to be vaccinated, well, then now employers can take that step. But up until the government legislates something like that, it is a step too far to be mandating that employees have to be max vaccinated in the workplace. That is beyond what our governments are saying, beyond what the law uh, requires. So you have to thread that needle as an employer, uh, at least at this point in time. Carl, good way to wrap it up. And uh, we are done. She have now to contact Alex Luciferro, Managing Partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, Employment Lawyer, of course, one 821 5,900, go to employmentlawyer.ca. As we always say, get the advice you need, compensation you deserve from the firm that has successfully helped tens of thousands of Canadians across this country getting results. We'll take it from there. And we'll catch you next time, Employment Law Show on Global News Radio.